Today's episode of Dearly Globs is brought to you by our sponsor, Legal.io. Legal.io supports enterprise legal teams with secondment, gap coverage, and overflow needs by leveraging their 10,000-person attorney network. Additionally, when it's time to plan your next career move or hire qualified legal talent to scale your team in days, not weeks, Legal.io is here for you. Hiring the right legal talent is hard, and in-house teams need to be more agile than ever. That's why leading companies leverage Legal.io's global network to hire top legal talent and make confident, data-driven procurement decisions. Legal.io has reinvented the marketplace as a global community for legal professionals, pairing the world's best legal talent with technology to deliver better legal solutions. With Legal.io, you'll find top talent for in-house enterprise roles, leveraging technology and community to match more jobs and make stronger connections. Make sure to check them out at www.legal.io or directly contact Nicholas O'Keefe at nicholas at legal.io. Welcome to Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations community anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the legal ops community. So grab that glass of wine and get comfy as we share stories from the legal ops community aimed at digging deeper to find and release your inner brilliance, personally and professionally. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Dear Legal Ops. I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. On today's fantastic and exciting episode, I'm super thrilled to be here with three of my best friends, Carl Morrison, Tommy Ferreira, and Sheena Ferrari. And you know what? They are also badass legal operations extraordinaires and leaders. So first of all, hats off to y'all because I don't think that this episode would really be as much fun or allow us to have these in-depth conversations that really transcend what we see day-to-day in our jobs, but give it a little personal humility in the making. But first... Grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deeper into Dear Legal Ops. Without further ado, Carl, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? And while you're doing it, let's throw one of the fun questions out for you, which is, if you had to press the play button on your 2023 anthem song, what would it be? So... Tom, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really <laughs> excited to be here. A little bit about myself. I'm Director of Legal Operations. I've been in the industry for a lot of years, but <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to do anything else. I love what I do. I love being able to go and present at legal operations conferences and, and just be out there and share with everyone. And so being on your show, I'm really, really excited about it. So... Pressing play on my playlist, on my anthem song for 2023, I thought long and hard about it. And for this year specifically, I would be pressing play on Defying Gravity from Wicked, from the musical Wicked. Oh, you go ahead, girl. You get that. (laughs) He brought Broadway into it. Here we go. Girl, I could bring in opera and really like totally, you know, jack up people's brains, but I'll keep it at least... A theater, music, musicals, because most everybody knows about Wicked. So, Defying Gravity. Well, 
Thank you for being the good witch. So, on to the <laughs> next said victim. <laughs> on to our next victim. Tommy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the same question. If you had to press the play button on your 2023 anthem song, what would it be? So, I am Legal Ops Leader. Recently just started a new role as head of Legal Ops at a company called Cedar. Been doing this uh, for as many years as Carl. (laughs) 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 But let's just say over a decade. Love it, obviously. And I will really say what I really love about Legal Ops and probably like the last three years has been building some connections such as those I have with you all. But really like really immersing myself in the community in a way that has proven that this is just a community of really special, creative, bright, authentic, wonderful people. And like how lucky are all of us to be in it and do what we love and, 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 right? So just not only so thrilled to be here, Tom, and so, so proud of what you're doing with this podcast, Mm -hmm. but so thrilled to be here with my friends. So what's my song? What's my anthem? As you all know, I canceled most of my meetings today to try to find one. (laughs) (laughs) Was only being mildly facetious with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Listened to many, many playlists today. I couldn't find one, but when I did come across uh, Girls by Lizzo, which is a not safe for work (laughs) anthem by any stretch... It resonated because I'm a, I am ai am definitely one of the uh, women who advocates for other women, wants to make sure my girls have a seat at the table, wants to make sure, you know, you're always like doing something for the next woman. Lots of women did it for me, want to make sure I'm turning around and doing it for other women. So, so even though it's NSFW, I'm, I'm saying my 2023 anthem is girls. Girl, I love it. Yeah. Ma'am, NSFW. That is the theme song here, Dear Legal Ops. So, <laughs> by the way, let me pour a I little will, glass. I to will. those listening, we uh, we all brought uh, bottles of champagne and we are popping the bottle today and just kind of laughing and giggling and having fun because it's been a crazy year. We've all have, you know, new year, new me goals and journeys. And I think one of those that kind of nicely ties our third, and last but not least, amazing guest today, Sheena and I together, is that we recently went to a Warriors game and we had the best time (laughs) ever at the top of the stadium. I mean, we were in the nosebleeds and we were having just a grand old time and just getting to know each other. And I think had we not had that opportunity, I don't know if it would have continued into the dinners and all the things that we've done ever since. And I really think that that kind of speaks to our episode today of imposter syndrome and pushing past it. So I'll stop talking, but Sheena, why don't you tell these lovely listeners a little bit about you? And once again, just like everyone else, if you had to press the play button on your 2023 anthem song, what would it be? Yeah, thanks, Tom. I'm so excited to be on on your podcast. And I love, like I've told you all the marketing, your logo. I think you've just done such a great job setting this all up. And and gathering your thoughts about our industry and and inviting us uh, like us today. I'm really excited. So just to introduce myself a little bit, my name is Sheena Ferrari. 
like Tommy, I'm really excited to call myself a leader in this space. I've loved what I've been doing for for so long. I started in the legal industry in 2006, so it's been a while. At one point, I was pushing paper. um, So that gives an idea. (laughs) And I think that we're moving so fast. I think part of the exciting um, aspect of of our industry and so many other industries, but legal ops and legal generally is just how fast everything's moving. And that keeps everything so exciting. Uh, And then also, of course, just could not agree more with Tommy's sentiments about just the special people that we get to work with all the time. I think that keeps me just so happy, not only in my, my career, but in my personal life knowing that I have the support that I do in the industry that I work in. And so it makes her one happy Sheena. So I'm excited to do more things like this where we get to talk a little bit about uh, deeper about what we what we go through all the time because I think that just makes, uh, perpetuates that awesomeness that we keep talking about. So, and then if I were to press play on my 2023 theme song, I have to take it back a few years. Um, I'm a big Nicki Minaj fan, going back all the way to Moment for Life, whenever I need inspiration, whether it be like career, gym, anything. I think one of the favorite parts of that song for me is like, clap for the heavyweight champ as we're talking about imposter syndrome today. So stoked because (sighs) I'm finally able to admit that I am consider myself that. But then the line right after that is like, but we couldn't do it all alone. We. And so I think that's a big part of what we do too, is like remembering it takes a village uh, to even be at the position that that we've all gotten to. Oh, that's so good. I mean, look, here at Dear Legal Ops, we stand the house of Mrs. Minaj. So yes. very good choice there. <laughs> here. Yes. We are all in, in on Miss <laughs> Minaj. So I would just like good. to say, you know, as host of Dear Legal Ops, if you had to press the play button on my 2023 anthem song, It'd be one of my favorites, Boss by Fifth Harmony. I'm loving the anthem, the powerfulness, the ability to rise above all and ultimately get paid your worth. And I think that's something that as we also dive into the imposter syndrome today and we really dig deeper, I think that the value proposition of our industry is as equally important as the value proposition that we bring as well to the table. So, and the way that we value ourselves. So we're going to start off with this. For those who have not listened to our first episode, we received a letter from an imposter in Idaho. Once again, if you haven't listened to it, head over to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, download episode one. It's titled Lost in Legal Ops. But in, you know, true Dear Legal Ops style, let me give you that TLDR for our listeners, you know. In the first episode, we dove deep into the struggles of imposter syndrome and building healthy relationships in and out of the workplace. Yes, here comes this voice. You know, it's my favorite. We scratched past the surface and discussed how one becomes comfortable in the skin when they're constantly allowing an imposter to live rent-free in your head. You see, after all, we're just grown-ups trying to navigate a crazy career while simultaneously being human. So I think when reading that letter and writing the episode what really stood out for me was being able to go back and see that really impactful, powerful statement at the end that I just said of, you see, after all, we're just grownups trying to navigate a crazy career while simultaneously being human. And I think in the legal ops world, especially for all of us, we're people that are passionate. We commit, we give our all, but sometimes it's tiring and it's hard to balance all of that. So Tommy... Talk to me about how you've been able to 
use that imposter syndrome, push it out of the way while you're simultaneously navigating your crazy career? First of all, like we all suffer from imposter syndrome. I erroneously thought there was like, you know, the day that you were like meditating on the mountain or got the certain role at the certain company or got the certain title. And then it like poof vanished and like it went away only to learn like, oh, actually it doesn't. And and even as I befriended like GCs and CLOs and people who I thought were just, you know, they were meditating on the mountain and theirs went away. And I learned, oh no, it didn't go away for them either. Like it's just sort of no matter where we are and what role we're at and what we're doing, it it creeps in. And so I, I think what I've I've most learned about it is to forge through it, is to realize it and sort of go. Oh, that's powerful. That's good. It, it like be like, hey, hey, girl, hey, but like also hey. Hey, like, but also no, like, no, thank you. Like, like I, you know, I've, I've proven time and time again to myself and to others and, and to sort of my psyche that like, I can, I can overcome whatever I can raise my hand and say, I don't know. I, I, I deserve the seat at this table. And I think that's kind of like the most important thing to sort of remind myself is I deserve to be here None of us know what we are doing. We are all figuring it out. I think you get to be that person in every area of life, except for maybe like when you're doing surgery on me. Then please, no one. <laughs> you're like, please, come on. Like, I'm under a little sedation right now. Could you please like make sure that you're properly certified by the boards? Thank you. When you're when you're my anesthesiologist or otherwise, like then I actually don't need you to forge through something. I need some Ladies certs. and gentlemen, Tommy with the low bar here, you know. <laughs> but otherwise, we all can figure it out. We can raise our hand. We can ask people. We can build community like we all do to to get people to sort of like give us advice and weigh in and and or even just say hey I've been there girl like I I I don't know either or I do know here have you tried this and um so Tom, I have no idea what the original question was, but that's where I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna stop. circle on back to that original question of like so you're at that at at work, you know, you're doing your dolly nine to five. What about five to nine? Like Does that creep back into your personal life? Are there blends? How do you try and navigate that crazy career while you're just simultaneously being human? Mm, This is this is a good a good question because I think if I'm not mistaken, I might be the only parent in the room. Is that is that correct? And no kids, no kids over on this side. Two cats. (laughs) Nope. Two cats. Have a cat. Two cats. No, yeah. no, the, the cats do I'm just the cats do matter. Yeah. <laughs> they matter, but they, you know, it's different. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I'm teasing. They're self-sufficient. The, the cats matter. And and why am I tying imposter syndrome to being a parent? Because Yeah, why are you tying it to being a meow what? meow? Please go on here, Tommy. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have started this with the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's all about balance and making tough decisions, right? Like, and when can the imposter syndrome as a parent really creep in? Well, you know, when I want to be both a good parent and a good whatever I am at work. So first meeting maybe with my CEO, but that runs up against my kid's soccer game. Like, what do you do? Like, you know, having to make tough decisions the imposter syndrome can really creep in because you might not feel empowered. You might not feel like, oh, I'm in a position where I can say, sorry, it's my, 
it's my kid's soccer game, right? Mm. And I actually want to like now scale it back and bring it away from being a parent because you could also be a caretaker. You could you could have to take mm. your cat to the vet. I'm not being facetious. Like you could have other things that are really, really important and special to you besides like your kid's soccer game. But overcoming and again, forging through imposter syndrome to say, hey, I am a whole person. There is something important to me that also like, you know, competes with my work. And I actually think that being able to be in that position or at least being authentic like that makes you a little bit more valued in your work because you're not just sort of robotic. You're not one dimensional. You're a full person and, and bringing that, I think a little bit of that authenticity to work can help you to maybe further connect with someone. Maybe like, you know, maybe the CEO says, I get it. I have a kid. They have a soccer game. I get it. I have a cat. Just took them to the vet last week. That kind of thing. So I, I just sort of think like a little bit of that authenticity really can go a long way and maybe help you forge through the imposter syndrome. Man, I hope Kitty's okay. Like she's been through the <laughs> ringer this year. <laughs> but I mean, you know, all jokes aside, like it, it's true. And I think oh, what I love so much about that is when you're saying your authenticity, because isn't that really just the crux of like the imposter syndrome? Like the closer you are aligned to who you are, your authentic self, the more that that kind of demon goes away. But a lot of things are happening in the legal operations world right now. You know, that's everything from budgets being cut to, you know, having to deal with layoffs and, you know, having to go through all of these things. Once again, in year three of a pandemic with the crazy world out there, there were a lot of floods and ice storms and things like this. And, and it's just, it's, it's kind of a, a bleak moment in time right now. And so it could feel really easy to kind of huddle inside, not be close to yourself, not know who you are. And all of a sudden that just creeps back up and you're you're really worried about being that authentic self instead of living in your authentic life. Some great stuff here, y'all. Sheena, I see you lurking over there. <laughs> see you lurking up on over there I in that sure imposter am. syndrome. I, How's it going? I, I, I can't help it. I, I can't, I'm loving this though and, and learning already so much from you, Tommy. And I think that one of the things that just kept coming to mind as you were speaking was how it's all tied to self-worth, right? And like being able to tell my CEO, I'm sorry, like I don't, I, you know, I have something to do. To me, that's the confidence that I've gotten throughout my career. And it's taken a ton of time to build up. I was just thinking to myself, like how great is it over the last few years that I've actually built up the confidence, self-worth, and maybe shed some of my imposter syndrome feelings. Now I know that I'm worth being able to prioritize myself in that way. And that's a really good feeling. It's taken a lot for me personally to get there. I was always the yes girl for so long. Not the yes girl, but the yes. Yes girl. Well, I mean, come on, let's... It's kind of nice. We get paid to enable, you know, so that's, that's part of it. But yeah, I think that that was something that just kind of came to my mind as you were speaking was just that how tied in that is all together and how was reflecting on on how good it feels to be able to to do that now. Hope I get better at it. <laughs> when you talk about this living authentically and now living your, you know, not living the yes life, but living the yes life, but like <laughs> how did you navigate getting there? I mean, was it immersing yourself in the community? Was it just therapy? Like like what was the secret sauce or are you still like trying to figure out how it's being made? You know, I think what was interestingly motivating to me, just to give you a little bit of a story, is that I was at a company where I didn't have that that much of a supportive boss, unfortunately. Uh, and she would go off and kind of do her own things. And one day she said, "Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to speak at a conference." wasn't invited, didn't tell, you know, wasn't going to share any of the information with me, and then asked me to do all of her work. 
right? So, which is something that happens to us a lot, I'm sure, especially, you know, I came from a paralegal background. But I remember that day thinking, I really want to be more involved in this industry. And if I'm not going to get that from mentorship from my direct manager, then I'm going to go online and I'm going to add every single legal ops person I can find. Uh, And I went through that day and I added like 300 people. And within a week, I had some great friends. And that kind of kicked it off for me as far as being able to just immerse myself in this industry and then... This is trend number two that we stand here in the house of Dear Legal Ops, which is <laughs> go network. Like yes. I've been very impressed on LinkedIn as of late of these people that are just diving into it. I mean, there are people that are putting out these storyboards that are like, hey, the 12 days of legal ops, you know, I or they're, they're doing these amazing yeah. things I that are shared. Yes, right? And and I, I, I wonder like... This profession bloomed overnight, kind of with the pandemic. You know, we all kind of went home, we changed all that. There was a lot of foundational work there, but I think the pandemic really kickstarted it and really has been on this steep acceleration for the profession overall, coupled with not going places, having the blowout party of the year last year at Clock. I just feel like it's really starting to stand up on its own and start to crawl. And not just crawl, but like run, you know, and running a marathon. And I I think it's so good because we can, if anything, I think for a lot of our listeners, they struggle with not feeling as though that they belong in the legal ops community. And I think that part of punching out that imposter syndrome, if you will, and I know that sounds like a violent act, but what they're really doing is they're, forcefully putting themselves out there. And that's a really hard thing to do when you're struggling internally of like, do I even belong? And so hats off and kudos to those that do that. And I think it's something that we really can turn to in times of doubting ourselves is the community and the network that we seek out on our own. Can I say something about Clock 2022? Yes. TLDR, dear Ops here. Let's do this. Clock 2022, it, it was off the charts amazing, right? Like we, I think oh, it was a combination mm-hmm. of just we all like Cheers left the that. house, right? Like it was, Clock was amazing. But I wanted to say that when I joined Clock, I think I think I joined in 2017, I want to say. Same as you, Carl. Yeah. And I didn't go for like the first two years. Well, the first year, I think it it had passed after I uh, joined, but the, the 2018 really would have been the year I would go. I actually didn't go because I was so intimidated to go to a place where I didn't sort of know anyone. And it was Vegas and it was like, I don't know if I know anyone there. And so first I joined the New York regional one. So then I got to really like become, I started to know Farah and Adam and, and other folks that that are in the, the New York regional. I built a little bit of like confidence. And I know like, I think Sheena's like jaws on the floor right now. Like this sounds hilarious to anyone who knows me and knows how sort of outgoing I am. But I was actually really intimidated to go to the first one and and I shared this story. Everyone's nodding their head for the podcast. She's listener. literally clutching her pearls. I, like uh, I, I feel the same exact way. Like I'm an introverted extrovert. You know, I and my energy goes fast. So those types of events and that many people, it really it's hard. Yeah. Well, actually, I agree. I agree with that too. I didn't realize I was at all introverted, but that I've since learned. But but I will say this. The community is so incredible and immersive and really just envelops you and takes you in in a way that like... So this first... This clock 2022 was actually my first one. I've been 
doing this for I don't know how long because all the me rest too. of them were in the pandemic. Me too. So wow. I, I didn't, you know, I did the digital ones, right? But this was the first right. time yeah. I went, felt totally confident oh. and like really immersed myself in in, in meeting everyone and, and just had the most amazing time. I am sharing this for the person that is listening that is afraid Same. to go yeah. Yeah. join and, and sort of befriend and be a part. Yeah. Like go, please do it because this is the greatest community you're ever going to meet. You will, you will immediately be like, just sort of like taken in with open arms by this community. And if there's someone who is, is afraid to do it, it might further their career. And so that's why I'm sharing the story because this community yeah. and these connections help you further your career. So just do it. Yep. Yeah. And that's I think so legal great. ops is for every single person, paralegal, best of the best elite schools, state schools. I mean, I come from a state school um, and have often been amongst, you know, my amazing Harvard friends, but I think it really is an inclusive community as well. So that should make you feel even more comfortable. I think that part of the inclusiveness of our community is really rooted in understanding how to push past that uncomfortability. And here's a little teaser. I'm going to come up next. Stay tuned. Another word from our sponsor, Legal.io, who has made this episode of Dear Legal Ops possible. Why do some of the most innovative companies in the world easily leave their legal departments in the Stone Ages? Legal.io leverages technology and its community to connect legal professionals to career opportunities at companies with globally recognized brands. Quality, consistency, and accountability? Legal.io partners with your legal team to deliver the best fit resource for each need. Legal.io is the launchpad for legal careers, matching legal operations professionals, attorneys, paralegals, contract management, trust and safety, and many other legal professionals to flexible and full-time opportunities at some of the world's most exciting companies with a level of precision that only a data-driven, vertical-specific marketplace can provide. If you want to join the enterprise marketplace solution for legal talent, technology, tools, and salary surveys, check out www.legal.io or directly contact Nicholas at legal.io. Want to learn more about legal.io's community of peers and browse resources to propel your career forward? Look no further than legal.io. That's www.legal.io. Legal.io, the marketplace for legal talent and technology. Built for enterprises, shaped by the legal operations community. Make sure to check them out at www.legal.io. That's L-E-G-A-L dot I-O. Or directly contact Nicholas O'Keefe at nicholas at legal.io. Welcome back. And once again, thank you to our sponsor, Legal.io, for making our first live episode possible. I urge our listeners to check out the amazing and innovative work Legal.io is doing in the legal services, staffing, and legal operations community. I think that hearing both of your stories, hearing the story of how do I put my family before my career when the career is what kind of drives me, gets me up every day, 
and I found this awesome community to network with. So it at times feels like it blurs together as your own family. And then you have Sheena who's like, hey, this imposter syndrome was a lot of like, I've been here a while and I'm just trying to figure out like how uniquely individual I am. I come from maybe not that Harvard law. You know, I have all of these great skill sets. I've been there, done that. But it wasn't until I pushed past that uncomfortability and started networking and reaching out and going to things and and opening those doors, not just opening them, banging them down and being like, hi, I'm Sheena. You ain't not gonna forget my <laughs> name persistent. is Miss Ferrari, okay? Yes, like you are very persistent. But like, that's what shushes that imposter syndrome, you know? I mean, it was really difficult for me to kind of prepare for this episode because I didn't know where I was going to go with this. I will say like the persona of Dear Legal Ops, it's awesome. It's great. Like you get to have these anonymous, courageous conversations and like step outside of your comfort zone. But I would say I'm not really comfortable talking about it. You know, I'm just reminding myself that recently over the last year, I kind of had this giant imposter syndrome creep up in the, what I think most listeners may think of as like the prime of your life or whatever, you know, like things are going great. Like I have this awesome opportunity with Dear Legal Ops. Like I have these great friends, but outside of what you see, you know, I I suffered this significant loss. And like many, I'm not unique in this uncomfortable situation. You know, I ended a partnership that I saw going for the rest of my life and that didn't happen. (laughs) And along this journey, it took me a while, you know, this OCD A-type person who happens to be in legal operations to realize that it's like not a precise equation or workflow automation that spits out an output and you're, the result's good or the result's bad. There's like no gray area. And I think in our personal life, it's not really how it works. Like things are mostly gray more often than not, you know? So I've had to take some time to put myself first. And each and every one of you on this episode today have been part of that journey, you know? And it's, I'm going to be honest, it's been awkward as f- Like everything, you know, it comes and goes, ebbs and flows in different ways. And I think for a lot of us, like, and I'm once again, speaking to all three of you on this episode, like having to deal with the harsh reality that there won't always be something there to save. It's really hard to swallow at times. And for me, you know, it was a relationship, but for others in our community, it's a CLM implementation was just maybe a myriad of collapses that, you know, weren't legal operations related. But as we've been told time and time before, you kind of got to fall on that sword. So I bet none of us expected that slash of budget after the summer of spending daddy's credit card. I mean, I know that we have all been on conversations together talking about ways that we can spend money and then save money. And then how do we save more money? And can we share, you know, billing guidelines with each other? And and that's what's great about this network and this community. I think for me, one of the things that I'm trying to work on more and it ties into Carl is... Carl has been a dear friend of mine for so many years and we did so much over this last year. And in the height of all of the glitz and the glam, he was there for me and just much like that imposter syndrome was in my other ear of the imposter syndrome saying like, no, Tom, you got this. You got to push past this. Like things are going to be okay. And it took a while for me to realize that, yeah, maybe the next phase of my life might be really uncomfortable because I'll have to make certain sacrifices or do things that may not, you know, be like my French vanilla fantasy. And I'm doing that in service to the idea that things will work out. And so for me, that's my imposter syndrome is 
pushing back when it's not all rose-colored glasses when, you know, once again, maybe your comfort isn't guaranteed. Maybe it's not going to be a great situation, but that's not something you can change, but it's also not a sword that you can die on. What I've been learning, and I think it's a perfect bubbly chat with my besties in the industry conversation, the fear of failing or pain of getting hurt They're hard and challenging, but it's kind of like that Tia Maori quote where she said at the end of her marriage, it was like a graduation. Learning about whether or not our work relationships, our personal relationships, deadlines, bosses, budgetary cuts, hurdles and obstacles that get thrown our way, it's helpful for you to know that you can make those decisions based upon the knowledge and not necessarily your emotions if you have the right imposter syndrome pushed out. So... Carl, I'm raising my glass and admitting that as part of my (laughs) imposter syndrome, how do you deal with a situation where nobody's going to step in and change the outcome? I mean, I struggle with that idea. So I'd like to know, like, how do you deal with that? So Tommy said something earlier, and you touched on this very issue. And I was going to say this earlier. You have to allow yourself to fail, to make mistakes, and to stumble. Because if you don't, you never learn and you're never able to truly grow as an individual, professionally or personally. And to me, part of the whole path of dealing with that imposter syndrome is to allow yourself to fall, no matter what, whether it's the breakup of a relationship, whether it is you're been let go because of cuts in the company, whatever. It's okay. And to recognize it's okay to stumble and know, I got this. Girl, I got this. And I can survive it. Perfect. Then it it makes it, I'm going to put air quotes around it, easier to deal with that imposter syndrome because you're able to recognize what it is that I'm failing or I feel like I'm failing. For me, the imposter syndrome is my own self not loathing, but my self-doubt. When I doubt myself, that's the imposter syndrome. Okay, Debbie Downer over here. (laughs) (laughs) And she is related to our favorite writer, (laughs) Debbie from Dallas. So they are cousins over here. (laughs) No, but when when you do that and recognize it, then you are going to skyrocket personally and professionally. And for me, the biggest thing, Tommy, you said you joined Clock in 2017, which I did the same thing. It wasn't until 2019 when I finally got the gumption to go. And I had a GC that was amazing. And he was a mentor to me. He allowed me to shift from a paralegal role to a legal operations role. And he was like, I want you to do this. I'm going to go on this journey with you. And... I drug my feet about going to the conference and I went in 2019. And Tommy, I walked in that room of like 1,500 people and I went to my very first sessions, like nine o'clock in the morning. You know, it's just standing room only in that room, in the room I was in. And I was listening to conversations, not knowing a soul in there. And I was like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. I'm in the totally the wrong conference. This is these people are super smart. I can't do this role. It just myself, doubt and my imposter syndrome just grabbed me. 
And I went to my next session. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to my next session. (laughs) I went to that next session and it was a panel of like three or four. Two out of the four were former paralegals. And as a former paralegal, I was like, I didn't realize that until halfway through their presentation. They both said, well, when I was a paralegal and I was like, wait, I'm not the only unicorn in this room. I'm Wait, not hold the only on a one second. Transition. Raise your glass <laughs> if you were a paralegal before. Raising my glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wait, everybody in the room. <laughs> oh shoot, we got a we got a four for four DLO up in here. <laughs> and by the way, that was definitely pre-planned. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize that. Not knowing. You guys, you know, as in legal operations, I didn't know. I thought I was a unicorn. I thought there was no one else like me. Well, you are, but... Well, I am. I'm (laughs) sparkling and the whole kit and caboodle. But it was that that whole imposter syndrome of not believing in myself and recognizing that way. There are others like me that have come from the same and they have grown into these roles. I was like, well, I can. For me, it it was a moment of realization like, whoa, wait, I can do this job. I can grow. You found your tribe. You got settled in for a while. Have you ever had anything ripped away? And then, you know, like, how do you deal with that uncomfortable situation that you can't change the outcome? So last year, just this past May, the company I worked for was acquired by a much larger company. So I went through the whole M&A process. And to the listeners, and I've been saying this for the past six months, if you've never gone through an M&A, either acquiring a company or being acquired, you should go through it at least once in your career. (laughs) Round two, raise your glasses. If you have been head of legal ops at a company that that you have overseen an M&A deal, one, two, three, four, here we are. We got this. And of course, I'm hand in hand. I I am working side by side by my GC. So I'm like one of five people that know we're going on the market. So I know it a year and a half before, you know, we even have a buyer. So going through the whole process of the due diligence and everything and knowing secretly what the is going to happen to me on the other side and trying not to stress about it, but trying to recognize something's going to happen So when my GC at closing, he didn't stay. So when you asked Tom about something being ripped away, my mentor was ripped away from me because he was not, he didn't stay as part of the acquisition. He went on to other pastures. And um, if he's listening, how dare you not take me with you to Australia? (laughs) But but, that's just another conversation, right? Wait, can I come along too? I will totally come along too. (laughs) But... Having, losing that was, I recognized that it was a grieving process. And like any loss that you have in your life, I lost a partner 15 years and suddenly and unexpectedly. And when he died, it was ripped away. Having that experience helped me understand going through what was ripped away from me, even as a a boss and a mentor, that it's grief. When you recognize loss as grief and process through the grief, and know that you can come through the other side, holy moly, that's a mountain that you have totally gotten over the other side. And it Ooh, testify me, this here. Is, tell us, tell us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, for me, it was like, anytime imposter syndrome starts to sneak in, it's like, wait, back off. 
step off, girl. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> We're doing a lot of attacking of this poor fictitious girl here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Karen, we apologize. We apologize, Karen. (laughs) No, but I think, I mean, honestly, so we're figuring out what this first live episode is. And I will admit, I I really wanted individuals on this show that shared their lived experiences. And let me just blow your mind again, Eve style, like Tommy and Sheena, like what I found really impactful about your guys' story is the fact of, you weren't quite sure of yourself and you had to find others. You had to push past these boundaries. You had to lean onto your family. You had to involve others to be able to kind of silence and hush that imposter syndrome. And I think for Carl and I, our imposter syndromes were not necessarily being surrounded by more people, but ultimately like finding the comfort in our own silence, in our own not loneliness, but, you know, just our own skin. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that all of us, were just in this field within legal operations, we're growing. And as we try and navigate this winding legal operations road, <laughs> I mean, we're going to inevitably fall down, make mistakes, or feel our growth has been stunted. And I think it's an uncomfortable truth to sit with for a lot of us, myself included, because I know that for me, like, shame is often so much easier than operating in this place of like, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes and I need to be held accountable for them because that just is very uncomfortable. And I think if we fail projects, if we lose roles, if we lose our GCs, if we happen to run into recession Rita over here and we're just pulling out our hair, I don't think that there's any magical legal operations calculator out there that's just going to solve the equation. And I think it does become easier to deal with the imposter syndrome by having those unique, challenging opportunities in life. I'm not going to call them like roadblocks or hurdles because we're ultimately putting in that good, hard work. You know, those experiences really help us realize that if you get knocked down, take time to reflect, keep going and do it differently next time. Because our experiences, community and continual learning It allows us to minimize or tell the imposter syndrome, girl, bye. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. I just really (laughs) appreciate this time with my friends, with people that I look up to. Each and every one of you, I have called, I would hate to like look at my Verizon call log over the last year for the three of you combined. But let me just say that It is truly an honor for you to be on this first very special episode to talk about a topic that may not be legal operations related, but is legal operations related. And it really will help, I hope, our listeners be able to hear something, latch onto it, nurture it, and ultimately let it grow so that they can find and release their inner brilliance personally and professionally. So I'm raising my glass Thank you so much for being on this episode. And we're going to do one quick round robin because my producer is telling me that we have just chatted it up Kathy style, which does not surprise me being our little four of us. So for our little outro here, I want you to tell me... I hope any of this makes sense. For our outro here, I would like for you to tell our listeners how they can reach you online. And finally... What is one of the spiciest opinions that most people may disagree with? 
So Tommy, we'll start with you first. Actually, you go first so I can oh. I can piggyback off of it. Well, my name is the host of Dear Legal Ops and you can find me at www.dearlegalops.com produced by Red Rock Music. And I think one of the spiciest opinions that people may disagree with, it's the Oxford <laughs> comma, perhaps the most hotly contested punctuation mark of all time. Like, when do we use it? Can it really be optional? Is there a universal rule? And there is, you know, I don't know. And I will... Okay, I will... We are not going to fight till the death over here. We will raise our glasses to this Oxford comma debate. Like I said, she's spicible. So go ahead, Tommy. I'm going <laughs> to pass that back to you. I am Tommy Ferreira, linkedin.com slash Tommy. And the Oxford comma is always necessary. Tom, in case you were curious, I added a visual to the prep notes on why it's always necessary. Y'all, this is f***ing legal operations. So let me just tell you. There is a rule and the rule is always use an Oxford comma. Okay, so 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 done and dusted on that. <laughs> dusted. Mic drops. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's like, oh, and you will use it. For sure, mic drops. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your spiciest opinion that people would disagree with? So that one's going to make you unfriend me. This one's going to make Carl unfriend me, which is Carl has dedicated a lot of his life to the accreditation of being a legal ops professional, of being you know a certified paralegal. My very controversial take is that you don't need... Um, any specific schooling. Like I, I think that you it's... Don't. Yeah. Oh, all right. Carl's not going to unfriend me. Carl's here. I mean, He's on the journey. I, I think there's oh, a... No, no, no. The, girl, no this girl, is just we a, can get This girl. is a question. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> this is our exit question. And in true legal app style, I'm going to usher this over before we TKO Mike Tyson style. So Sheena, why don't you go ahead and tell our guests how they can reach you? And what is your spiciest opinion that is going to get people fighting y'all? I think, yeah, you can, uh, you please do add me on LinkedIn or, or message me about anything and everything whatsoever. I'm, you know, LinkedIn backslash, you know, Ferrari, I believe. And then spiciest is don't email me anymore. I want slacks. And if you email me, I want a few <laughs> yes. bullet points. Or can you just file a Jira ticket? Nope, nope. I'm no. not getting in the middle of this. Yep, nope, 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 nope. Okay, okay. And last but certainly not least, the Prince of Privacy. If you've listened to any of the podcast episodes in which I've multiple times referenced Carl. Carl, why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach you? Send me a letter to P.O. Box. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> He's probably not, actually. He's really not. I've been there. No, he's not. (laughs) LinkedIn, Carl Morrison, you can find me. Well, to all our Dear Legal Ops listeners, please visit www.dearlegalops.com backslash submit and send us your letters. Well, that's a wrap, all you cool cats and legal ops kittens. I'm raising my glass and toasting to our fabulous and fearless legal ops leaders, Carl Morrison, Tommy Fiera, and Sheena Ferrari. Your courageous stories focus on pushing past the uncomfortability and silencing that syndrome named an imposter from Idaho, who often tells us we're not smart enough, talented enough, or deserving of the successes we've achieved. It's also important to remember that perfection is not the goal. We all make mistakes, 
And it's okay not to have all the answers. In fact, it's through our mistakes and challenges that we learn and grow. Surrounding myself with people who believe in me and my abilities, it's been crucial in helping me to overcome imposter syndrome. So dear Legal Ops fandom, listen up. I'm speaking directly to you now. Be kind to yourself and remember that everyone experiences setbacks and struggles. It's okay to have moments of self-doubt, but it's even more important to keep moving forward and not let imposter syndrome hold you back. Remember, you are worthy, capable, and deserving of your successes in and out of the legal ops arena. Until next time, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops. Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Share your legal ops stories with us at dearlegalops.com slash submit for a chance to be featured on the show. Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music. As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. Until next time. <laughs>